What's up, everybody? My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports for Monday, November 20th. I am so excited for today's show. I wasn't planning on recording visual for today. If you're watching on YouTube, um, I'm recording my old bedroom. So that's what this is. I'm using my old camera. Didn't bring any of my stuff from college. I wasn't didn't feel like setting it up. Um, in fact, I took a day off on Friday because I was traveling home. I wasn't expecting to take a day off. So I'm, I'm sorry. I wish I'd communicated better with you, my audience. But man, Today, you know, they don't give awards for podcasts. I don't think they give Emmys or Grammys, but man, if they did, today is maybe the best show I will ever do, at least the best show I've ever done in the history of Strong Opinion Sports. I am so, so very excited. You know, I'm watching Thursday Night Football tonight, and normally, you know, uh, Thursday Night Football and Monday Night Football is kind of hit or miss. It's never really that great, but man, the Seahawks and Falcons today, what a great game. And I just want to point out. The Seahawks always deliver in the primetime. I don't know that they necessarily win every game in the primetime, but man, the Seahawks always give us a good game in the primetime. I am, so, man, I rile myself up. I'm so pumped up and fired up for today's show. We have Baker Mayfield, you know, hashtag free Baker Mayfield. Jim Mora was fired today. Uh, UCLA made a huge mistake in my opinion. Chip Kelly, uh, you know, the usual suspects. We're going to talk about LeBron James, Lonzo Ball. Oh my goodness, I'm so pumped up. You know, I wish I had better lightings and a better camera, but I promise you the audio will sound great. This podcast will always sound fantastic, uh, even if it never looks great. So it'll look great normally, but today, recording on my old bedroom, so it is what it is. Accept it um, and and enjoy it. I want to start with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield got into a lot of trouble and a lot of heat this weekend. Um, He had a controversial thing at the University of Kansas. He held his crotch and yelled, the F word, F U, um, and, and he will now not start next Saturday when he plays uh, whatever team they're playing. I don't even know. But Baker Mayfield has been sidelined for the beginning of next week's football game for his actions on Saturday. So I wanted to, def- I don't know if I'm going to defend Baker Mayfield, but I want to break down the psychology of what happened. Because I'm seeing people attack this man. I'm seeing people attack Baker Mayfield. So I want to help people understand where he came from because this should not be an attack. We shouldn't attack his character. Uh, I will admit, you cannot do what he did. Baker Mayfield was in the wrong. You can't act the way he did on the sideline last week. Um, but I see a lot of myself in Baker Mayfield. I, I, I resonate with Baker Mayfield. I get it. He's a small, underdog type of guy. So I think I understand Baker Mayfield's headspace and why he did what he did last Saturday. Baker Mayfield has walked on to two separate Division I football teams. This guy has always been the underdog. He's a short guy. He's about 5'10". He's, he's always had a chip on his shoulder. He's the underdog. He's defeated the odds to get to where he is. And Baker Mayfield's chip on his shoulder is maybe the most important part of the entire, uh, of who Baker Mayfield is. That's what makes Baker Mayfield so great is the chip on his shoulder. I will mention it still bothers Tom Brady that Tom Brady was picked in the sixth round. To this day, that makes Tom Brady want to cry and bothers him to his core. So people like me, people like Baker Mayfield, people who are underdogs, People like Tom Brady were picked in the sixth round. We, those kind of people, make and create narratives. We create narratives to motivate ourselves. You know, I fizzled out in college football. I could not, I did not create a new narrative for myself. All through high school, I was motivated by a coach who told me, Zach, you're too small. You'll never play varsity. You'll never play in college. So I had no problem with motivation in high school. I had to think, I'm going to prove that guy wrong. And that was what got me fired up and got me going. Every day I trained in high school football. But then I got to college football and I I never created a new narrative. I never, I didn't have something and I could have, but I didn't. I never thought of what's going to drive me to make me great here. Because I was like, I made it. I got to college. I proved that guy wrong. F that guy. And then I was like, well, now what? 
Baker Mayfield is one of those kind of guys who needs that kind of motivation. And, and I love it. I love Baker Mayfield. He's like Braveheart. Baker Mayfield is the guy you want to follow into battle. I love. He's my favorite college football player by far. I love Baker Mayfield. I love the quarterback in him. I love who he is. And I love the competitor that Baker Mayfield is. Now, the narrative is that this will hurt Baker Mayfield's draft stock. And it's posing all kinds of questions. In fact, today I'm sitting down with my best friend's dad, Roger, and we're talking about Jameis Winston making these comparisons because we have a repeated history with Baker Mayfield. And let's look at Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston made repeated mistakes. And I would say I wouldn't even, I don't want Jameis Winston, I don't want to pay that guy a ton of money to be the face of my NFL franchise. You know, Jameis Winston has rape allegations in, high, in college. He has the crab legs incident where he stole crab legs. And, and recently he just is getting, has allegations against him for groping an Uber driver. Jameis Winston has repeatedly showed us he makes bad decisions on and off the football field. And honestly, the crab legs didn't, uh, that, that wasn't the big deal for me. It's like, ah, you know, I, I can see that why there was misconstrued there. But the dude has over $30 million in the bank and you're riding in an Uber. I just don't see with Jameis Winston, the guy who makes good decisions. And now we're making comparisons from Jameis Winston over to Baker Mayfield. Now, the guys are similar in some people's opinions. You know, Baker Mayfield has shown repeated offenses where he's made bad decisions. He got arrested earlier at a bar this year in February in Arkansas which is a, uh, admittedly different territory, an Oklahoma football player getting arrested in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Maybe there was factors with the police, but who cares? On paper, that does not look good. We can't accept that kind of behavior. And then there was a thing where Baker Mayfield planted the flag in Ohio State, and people are all freaking out. They're angry about that. I, I get it. I, there's repeated things, and now there's this. There's this where he grabs his crotch. He yells the F-bomb at the sideline, says, F you, and ah. I kind of side with... I'm trying to defend Baker Mayfield. And there were things that happened to him. You know, he held out his hand to give it context, at least. Baker Mayfield, before the game, held out his hand uh, to the, his opponents at Kansas. And not only did the little kids not shake his hand that were out there, but the, his opponents wouldn't shake his hand either. And I'm sure that rubbed Baker Mayfield the wrong way. It makes him create a narrative. All oh, these guys are out to get me. They're against me. I am fired up and I want to beat them. That's how guys like him operate. And then later in the game, he's getting hit late. So, that is the psychology of why that happened. But we're making comparisons to Jameis Winston, and I get it. I get why we're making these comparisons. But I don't know that this should hurt Jameis, or this should not hurt Baker Mayfield's draft stock. Baker Mayfield's exactly what we knew he always was. He makes really great, amazing plays on the football field. He's got spunk, he's a good leader, um, and he makes every once in a while questionable decisions out of emotion. Yeah, I, I was going to argue for Baker Mayfield this. I was going to say, it's the heat of the moment. You know, in the heat of the moment, he got emotional. Let's, let's like, give him a pass. That's a, fa- that's, a, that's a bad theory. Because if, you know, I argued that, you know, Tom Brady says, let's go. He gets all fired up and makes all these faces and gets pumped up. And maybe that's what Baker Mayfield is doing. Is there an equivalent to that? If Baker Mayfield said, let's go, instead of the F-bomb and grabbed his crotch, would we do the same thing? What was worse, the F-bomb or the crotch? It's all a problem. He is an emotional warrior. But the problem is the heat of the moment argument doesn't work. Yeah, in college football, there's a different level of sportsmanship. So this is bad sportsmanship in college football. In the NFL, he would just get fined. He wouldn't be sitting out at the beginning of next week's game. Um, but in the NFL, it's different, right? It's a different game. So this shouldn't affect his draft stock. But is what he did acceptable? No. What Baker Mayfield did on the sideline last week against Kansas is unacceptable. He lost control of himself. He lost composure. Baker Mayfield lost his composure and lost control of his actions. And that is a big concern. That is a worry 
We see Jameis Winston make mistakes. We don't like that. We see Cam Newton lose composure. We don't like that either. Again, I was going to defend Baker Mayfield. I was going to say, look, it's a heat of the moment. He lost control of himself. And I was going to argue, you know, look at the Utah UW game this weekend. Utah's kicker had a huge run for a first down. On fourth down, the kicker ran for a first down. And he gets up, and as he's rolling, as he's rolling over onto the ground, he spikes the ball. And I got a flag, and I was, gonna, I was all mad. I was like, look, heat of the moment. The guy is excited. We shouldn't penalize him for that. But uh, here's the truth. Roger pointed this out to me in our conversation. He said, the heat of the argument moment, heat of the moment argument is a terrible argument. Because what if in the heat of the moment, the, the emotion gets to you and you hit your girlfriend? Is that acceptable? No, that's not acceptable. That's never acceptable. And what if in the heat of the moment, you get angry road rage and you drive into the back of another car and you hit another car? Is that acceptable? No, that's no good. You can't lose your temper and lose your control of your emotions in the heat of the moment. So that'll never be okay. It's never going to be acceptable. Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Would any of those guys lose their composure in a situation like that? No, they would not. You cannot have that as your quarterback. So Baker Mayfield, I, I, I understand why he did what he did. He's a tough, angry, or, eh, angry, but he's an emotional competitor. That's who he is. He's like Braveheart. You want to follow Baker Mayfield into battle. But it does raise some concerns. And what he did was wrong. So I, I don't love what he did. I don't like him being suspended. I think it's a PR move. I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for freedom of expression. But again, you can't do what Baker Mayfield did. You can't lose your composure in a situation like that. And that is what Baker Mayfield did. You cannot have a quarterback who loses composure when he gets emotional. That's a worry from what Baker Mayfield did. <laughs> God, I'm a nerd. I love it. I, got, I went really deep in the weeds with that. I, I am really I'm passionate about sports. Um, and I got deep in the weeds of Baker Mayfield because I see so much of myself in him. I love, he's my favorite college football player. He's going to win the Heisman. Uh, but he made an emotional mistake, and you cannot have that. Also today, UCLA fired their head coach, Jim Mora. A huge mistake, a bad move. I don't like this move at all. This is, I will rarely ever support a team who fires their head coach midseason. I don't like it. I think it's an emotional mistake. And we shouldn't make decisions out of emotion. We should make calculated, well-thought-out decisions. And firing Jim Mora in the middle of the season was clearly an emotional decision. Now, maybe it was calculated. Here's the argument for was it a calculated decision or not. UCLA did this probably because they want to take a stab at getting Chip Kelly. UCLA is like, oh, we have a chance. Let's try to land Chip Kelly as our head college football coach. Chip Kelly's not going to UCLA. Here's why Chip Kelly is not going to UCLA. One of my best friends, Mark. You've met Mark. Mark's been on the podcast before. Mark's a great guy. He's one of my best friends. Mark lives in Edmonds, Washington, which is about... It's about 20 minutes north of Seattle. Mark has top three water in the entire world. The water in Everett and Edmonds, Washington is off the charts. It's unbelievable. Like Switzerland and Norway have better water. And then there's Edmonds, Washington, north of Seattle. The water up there is incredible. So what that means is every time Mark travels, when he goes to Pullman, Washington for college, when he goes to LA, when he goes to San Francisco, everywhere else that Mark goes in the world, the water is not good enough. Because once you have water that great, you can't go back. You need filtered perfect water every time because he's been so spoiled by the water he's been exposed to. He's been spoiled by circumstances. Chip Kelly is not going back to the Pac-12. Chip Kelly's not going to UCLA. Chip Kelly's been there, done that. He's already dominated the Pac-12. Look at what Chip Kelly did at Oregon. Chip Kelly ripped the Pac-12 to shreds. And he had a great, great organization. He dominated the Pac-12. 
And then Oregon spoiled him. They gave him whatever he wanted financially. They gave him jerseys. They gave him facilities. They gave him help with recruiting. Chip Kelly was pampered at Oregon. And then he went to the NFL where they have private jets and big money and good owners. And uh, he doesn't have to recruit. Chip Kelly doesn't like recruiting. Chip Kelly's not big on recruiting. He's a technique scheme guy. So Chip Kelly will not go to UCLA. In fact, I think Chip Kelly's more of an NFL coach than a, than a college football coach. Chip Kelly will never win a national championship in college football. I mean, I'm, I'm going on a tangent, but here's why. Chip Kelly is a technique guy. He's a strategy and a game plan guy. He wins with his strategy, which never wins, will never win a national championship. How does Alabama win national championships? Do they win with strategy and game plan or do they win because they're bigger and better than you? Because there are about four teams in college football right now. Miami, Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson that are just different. They're like mutants. They're just different football teams. They're bigger, stronger, and better than you. They will pound you into the ground. The way Alabama wins national championships is they run the same play as you, but they run it better because they're bigger and stronger. The way a college football works is you get a great head coach who recruits top talent that will dominate other players in college football. I love Mike Leach is my favorite uh, football team's head coach. Mike Leach is the coach at Washington State University. Mike Leach wins with his scheme, but Mike Leach will never win a national championship because he does not have the kind of offense to compete Alabama. His scheme is great. You know, if, if it's a level playing field, Mike Leach will beat you with the scheme, but he'll never have the recruits to beat Alabama. Mike Chip Kelly will never beat Alabama. He's more of an NFL coach. He wins with scheme the way Bill Belichick and Tom Brady wins the NFL, wins games. Because the NFL is different. There's a level playing field. Everyone has great players. You have to win with strategy and uh, tech, with your game plan. College football is very different. They're different animals and play different ways. But Chip Kelly's not going to go to USC. He's bored. He's already been there, done that with UCLA. With the Pac-12, he's not going to go back. He's going to go probably to Florida or the NFL again because he wants to be challenged and he wants to do something different. Why go back to the same thing you've been doing for years? He's already done that. And man, oh my God, UCLA made a huge mistake when they fired Jim Moore. Oh my gosh, they made a mistake. I spent the summer in Los Angeles last summer. I know a ton of people on UCLA's football team. I, I have friends. I went to high school with guys who play with, I went to high school with a guy who plays on UCLA's football team. <laughs> they love, watch the sidelines even. They love Jim Mora. You watch the sidelines on the UCLA football games. I watch USC, UCLA. You see a team who loves their head coach. And then they just, they ripped him away. UCLA fired their head coach. Do you remember what happened when Jim Mora got to UCLA? UCLA was a dumpster fire before Jim Mora. And Jim Mora turned them around. He got Josh Rose and he got good recruits. He won games. He's having an off year, yes. Jim Moore, Jim Moore is not perfect, but man, Jim Mora should have stayed in UCLA. That was a mistake. <laughs> he's got a good coach. He's a, he's a good coach. He's built a good culture. The players like him. USC's not, UCLA is not going to upgrade. University of California, Los Angeles is not going to find a better football coach. Are you telling me they're going to upgrade? No, they're not. Who's better right now that's available in college football that they can actually land, that they can actually get on their football program? Because UCLA is not all in on football. They're not all invested. They're not going to get a guy like Chip Kelly who's been pampered at Oregon in the NFL. They're going to get a guy who's average, who's middle of the road. If you're not improving your chances, why make a change at head coach? If you're not upgrading, you're moving laterally. You're moving over or you're moving down. And you don't want to do that. You should not have fired Jim Moore. That was a mistake. Here's an example. Here's why it was a mistake firing Jim Moore. 
My younger brother works at Taco Bell. He loves his job. He's a great manager. He's got a good gig. He's really good at it. Uh, and he makes a few bucks in tips. It's minimum wage. It's not a great job. It's not a job you want forever. But of all the minimum wage jobs, he's got a pretty good gig. He likes where he at, he's at. He's got good management and he's good at his job. Now, if my brother told me, yo, I'm going to quit Taco Bell. I don't like it. I'm going to go work for McDonald's. I would say, why in the world would you do that? You have a good gig. You have a good manager. Make a couple bucks in tips, which you're not going to make at McDonald's. You're going not from a better situation. You're not going to a better situation if you leave Taco Bell for McDonald's. You're actually going to a slightly worse to average, uh, maybe a, a similar situation. But you're not upgrading. And if you're not upgrading, why are you leaving a good situation? Don't move laterally. Upgrade. Get a better head coach. If you can't get a better head coach, don't fire Jim Mora. I, I like the optimism, but I'm sorry. Chip Kelly is not going to UCLA. UCLA will ultimately regret firing Jim Moore. Plus, now you're going to lose Josh Rosen. You could have kept Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen is your top quarterback, one of the top quarterbacks in the nation. He will be a top NFL prospect. He'll be drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. If you'd kept Jim Moore, you had a chance to keep Josh Rosen around for one more season. But now, mm-mm. Josh Rosen's gone. You lost Josh Rosen. UCLA made a rushed, emotional decision that they will regret later. UCLA should not have fired Jim Mora. God, what a good show. Already a great show. I'm really, I'm loving this. I'm just getting started. I'm going to take a short break. When I return, LeBron James, Lonzo Ball, Wisconsin. Is Steph Curry bored? I think Steph Curry's bored in the NBA. We'll talk about that next. Please subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes. On SoundCloud and on YouTube, I do put videos of my ugly self talking about sports. And share this video with your friends. If you like strong opinion sports, which clearly you guys do because you guys listen, tell your friends about the show. Yo, I listen to this guy named Zach Schaumler. He's kind of a nutcase, but he's passionate about sports and he's got interesting things to say. Tell your friends about strong opinion sports. My name is Zach Schaumler. I will be right back. You know, it's funny. I play a ton of rec basketball. I've learned, been learning how to shoot this season. And I just look at Steph Curry's face and I become a better shooter. It's just funny how that works. I learned by watching, and I just, man, when I look at Steph Curry's face, I see jump shots, it makes it click in my head, it works better. Uh, this season, the Warriors have lost to the Celtics. They gave up a big, they blew a big lead, and the Cavaliers had a rough start. The Cavaliers have uh, kind of been all over the place, and people are speculating and worried, oh no, are the Cavaliers going to make it? Are the Warriors any good? Journalists are just creating stories. It drives me nuts. The media absolutely is driving me nuts right now. The Cavaliers and the Warriors are just bored. I'm in a class called Com 210. It's, uh, it's a video production slash editing slash uh, photography class. I'm bored out of my mind. I've done a lot of videos. I worked on a movie. I record videos every day. I've done a ton of editing. I use all these programs they're trying to teach us. The point of this, this whole class is to teach us how to use programs like Final Cut Pro and Logic and Premiere and Photoshop, and I'm like, dude, I know how to use all of these programs. I use them all the time. So this class is a waste of my time. I know how to do all this. I've already been there, done that. Like I spent two weeks putting, you know, words over title cards. It's like, I do this every day, all the time. I'm bored out of my mind. So for these uh, learning tutorials where we're practicing how to do certain things in the programs, I don't care. I just get it done. I'm like, this is, this is not, this is a waste of my time. It's not making me better. It's boring. I just need to get through it. And then for the final projects, I bring everything I have. I do something creative. It's fun. It's cool. I should share some of them publicly. I've actually made some really, really good uh, pieces of storytelling. I've made pictures. I've made audio stories. I'm working on a video for this class. I've done some good stuff. 
but I do my best work when the final project is due. When it's crunch time and when it really matters, I flip a switch and I bring it. But the tutorials, the practice on the programs, I don't care. I'm bored out of my mind. This class is just a bunch of repetition for me. It's not fun. It's not challenging. It's boring. That is how the Cavaliers and the Warriors feel. That's how the NBA works in general. The regular season's a joke. No one cares about the regular season. And then when it's time for the playoffs, players flip a switch and they bring it. <laughs> All these people new to editing in this class, in Comma 210, are, they're, they take everything so seriously. All the tutorials there, they're working so hard. And, and I respect that. I get why they're doing that. They've never done this before. But that's what the, uh, the Celtics are like. The Celtics take this way too seriously in the preseason. They're, they're expending all their energy. I, there's only so much time in a day, so much time in a week. I'm not going to spend all my time making these tutorials as best as possible. I work on my podcast. I work on other videos for LA. I do all kinds of stuff. I, I have other things going on with my time. So I flip a switch when the rough draft happens. That is the regular season. The Celtics are the kids that are just learning how to do editing. And the Warriors and the Cavaliers are the guys that have been there, done that. I'm not wasting my time with the regular season. They'll flip a switch when the playoffs happen. That is what's going to happen. You're going to see. The minute the playoffs happen, the minute games matter, LeBron James is going to make it happen. Look what happens when LeBron James plays better teams like, uh, I don't know, John Wall's team, the Washington Wizards. Or when he plays a good team, LeBron James brings it. But the rest of the time, he's bored. He's making all kinds of drama in New York. And just, the guy's bored out of his mind. That is my take on the Cavaliers and the Warriors. The Cavaliers and the Warriors don't care about the regular season. Nor should you really. It doesn't matter. You just got to get in. And then once you get into the playoffs, bam, you flip a switch. You make. I mean, look at... I know I'm talking fast, but look at this. Remember when the Celtics got the number one seed last year? Yeah, the Cavaliers didn't even get the number one seed in the NBA Eastern Conference last year. Because the Cavaliers just don't care. Because they, they blew out the Celtics in the playoffs. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Until the playoffs happen... The Warriors and the Cavaliers barely care. They're conserving their energy. They got some old veterans, and they're just not going to try their best. They will flip a switch in the playoffs. The Cavaliers and the Warriors are completely fine. Oh, if, if this doesn't convince you, nothing in the world will convince you of anything. This is the best argument I have ever made in the history of this show. LeBron James is the best basketball player of all time. Now, Jordan, before you shut down, I know Jordan Dahl is listening. He's going to get angry. He's going to turn this off. Don't shut down. Hear me out. We, we have to be open to conversation. Most people hear things they don't like and they turn it off. Don't do that to me. Hear me out. Hear what I, here's what I have to say. Uh, the other day on Facebook, I shared a video uh, talking about how LeBron James is better at 32 years old than Michael Jordan at 32 years old. And, and people were angry. They didn't like this video at all. Even though LeBron James actually had better numbers at 32 than Michael Jordan did at 32. Someone commented this. Um, but look, careers don't end at 32. That's exactly my point. You Thank you. You, know, you thought you were making an argument for the other side, but that's exactly my point. You're damn right. LeBron James is the best player of all time. And with more years, the gap will only widen. LeBron James is not only better now, but over, as the years go on, we're going to see just how much better LeBron James is than Michael Jordan. You know... The thing that drives me the most nuts about the Michael Jordan, LeBron James argument is that we punish LeBron James for not having more championships. We say, ah, oh, Michael Jordan never lost an NBA finals. LeBron James has lost in the finals. Uh, he clearly is not the best. What? We, so we don't, we don't punish Michael Jordan for losing in the Eastern Conference finals before he even made it to the NBA finals. 
but we punish LeBron James for losing in the finals. Do you see the logic there? It's dumb. It's terrible. It's a bad argument. Not to mention, we say that Tom Brady is Tom Brady's the most accomplished quarterback in the history of the NFL. Clearly, he's won five Super Bowls. He's unreal. However, I will tell you this. If I had one drive to win a game, I would rather have Aaron Rodgers than Tom Brady. Even though, even though Tom Brady's more accomplished. He's won more Super Bowls. He's won more games than Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure he's played longer. That's got to be true. But Aaron Rodgers is the most gifted quarterback I've ever seen play in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers does things Tom Brady could never do. He's unbelievable. Tom Brady is great. He's the most accomplished quarterback in the history of the NFL. That doesn't necessarily make him the best quarterback in the history of the NFL. And just because Michael Jordan is the most accomplished player in the history of the NBA does not necessarily make him the most accomplished player in the history of does not necessarily make him the best player in the history of the NBA. In fact, it's not even true. People have won more more NBA championships than Michael Jordan has. I think Bill Russell has 10 of them. I, I can't remember the other name, but Michael Jordan's not even the most accomplished player in the history of the NBA. Now listen to this. That argument's asinine and ridiculous. It's really dumb. We punish Michael Jordan. We punish LeBron James for losing in the finals. And we don't punish Le- Michael Jordan for losing in before the finals. But LeBron James also beat the best team ever to play in the NBA. He beat the Warriors two years ago, and the Warriors were unbelievable. They broke every record possible. Yet people always make the argument, oh, Michael Jordan played against better teams back in the 80s. Eh, I mean, <laughs> can we make the argument, yeah, LeBron James beat the best team ever in the history of of the world. Now now listen to this. This is what this is what will really get you. If this doesn't convince you, nothing else I will ever say will convince you that LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. LeBron James has played five more games in his career than LeBron than Michael Jordan ever played. LeBron James has 1700 sorry, 1077 games that he's played. LeBron has played 1077 basketball games in his NBA career. Michael Jordan has played 1072 basketball games in his NBA career. In five more games, LeBron James has far better numbers. Not even close. Like, way better. Michael Jordan has a better shooting percentage. He's a better three-point shooting percentage. He has almost 2,000 more assists and over 1,000 more rebounds. He's a better all-around player. Here are the numbers. Right now, with five more games under his belt than Michael Jordan ever played, LeBron James is shooting 50.2% from the field goal range, from, from, from field goal percentage. That's field goal percentage. His three-point percentage is 34.2%, whereas in contrast, Michael Jordan has shot 49.7% field goal percentage and only 32.7% from field goal, uh, field goal range, from three-point range. Michael Jordan has not doesn't have as good of numbers as LeBron James. LeBron James has better numbers. He has 7,598 total assists, whereas Michael Jordan only has 5,633 total assists. LeBron James has more rebounds. He has 7,830 rebounds to Michael Jordan's only 6,672. Over le- less than, over 1,000 less and almost 2,000 less assists. Michael Jordan played on better basketball teams than LeBron James did. LeBron James is a more valuable player than Michael Jordan. When, Le- when LeBron leaves your basketball team, your team turns to chaos. Do you remember when LeBron James left the Cleveland Cavaliers the first time? <laughs> it was a it was a mess. It was horrible. It was atrocious. They suddenly had the number one draft pick because they couldn't win a game without him. Then LeBron James left the Miami Heat. They went to four straight NBA championships. He leaves the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat couldn't make the playoffs. Yet the Bulls and Michael Jordan left the Bulls. They went from fifty seven wins to fifty five wins. Not to mention LeBron James is the best player all around ever to play the game. LeBron James could play any position 
on the court. He could back dudes down, down low. He could play point guard. He can play anything. LeBron James couldn't play every position, or Michael Jordan could not play every position in the NBA. LeBron James has never been injured. LeBron James is an all-around better basketball player than Michael Jordan, and he still has many, many years of his career to get become the more accomplished NBA player. It's also possible he could win more championships. We forget that. LeBron James is the greatest basketball player ever to touch a basketball. He's the best basketball player in the history of the world. All-around basketball player. Not the most accomplished, but the greatest basketball player of all time is LeBron James. Accept reality. Stop denying facts. Stop denying all the evidence. If this doesn't convince you, nothing else will. You need to stop denying reality and accept the truth. LeBron James is the best basketball player in the history of the world. If this doesn't convince you, nothing will. I really don't know... What else to say about that? That is a very strong argument I feel really good about. Yeah, I'm watching Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan go head-to-head tonight on Monday Night Football. And it's becoming more and more clear. People just don't understand Russell Wilson. People simply do not appreciate just how great Russell Wilson really is. I made a list tonight. I made a list of the top-tier quarterbacks in the NFL. The four best quarterbacks in the NFL go as followed. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers... Drew Brees, and yes, Russell Wilson. Why? Why are these four names? Why are Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Russell Wilson the best quarterbacks in the NFL? The top tier. Alone, the four sole top best quarterbacks in the NFL. Do you want to know why? They do more with less than anybody else ever. What makes a great... What, what, what's the mark of a great person? What's more impressive? Casey Neistat on YouTube makes movie-level quality videos Every day by himself. Is that more impressive? Or is it more impressive than the guy who has a team of 15 people helping him out, helping him churn out content every day? Casey Neistat's more impressive. Casey Neistat does it all by himself. I love Colin Coward. Colin Coward is my favorite broadcaster of all time. I think he's the Michael Jordan of broadcasting, which is, is funny because actually technically he's LeBron James of broadcasting because LeBron James is a better basketball player than Michael Jordan. But uh, Colin does the hardest thing in the entire world. Colin Coward has a show all by himself. He hosts a show for three hours by himself, five days a week. And his show is engaging and entertaining. Dan Patrick can't do that. Dan Patrick can't host a show by himself. Dan Patrick can't exist without help. Colin Coward is better than Dan Patrick because Colin Coward can do it by himself. It's not Dan Patrick's fantastic. He's amazing. But Dan Patrick can't exist without help. That's what makes him more impressive. Matt Ryan on his best day needs help around him to be his best self. Matt Ryan's still a great quarterback, but he's not a top-tier guy. Russell Wilson is the same guy no matter who you put around him. That is impressive. If you can tell me you can lose receivers, have a bad offensive line, and still put out the same numbers every year, year in and year out, it's incredible. Just imagine if Russell Wilson played on the Falcons, how great he would be. If he had a receiver like Julio Jones... Russell Wilson leads is the leading rusher on the Seahawks team. He's got better than both backs combined. Russell Wilson has more yards. Russell Wilson's incredible. People still say that they think Russell Wilson is overpaid. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. That's insane. It's insanity. Russell Wilson is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's one of the greats. He's worth every penny. If you still think Russell Wilson's not worth all the money, you're insane. Russell Wilson is so underappreciated. He's a top-tier quarterback, and Matt Ryan is not. 
The discrepancy between Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson is just growing farther every day. I think Russell Wilson lost tonight. I'm not sure what happened, but man, Russell Wilson is an incredible, special quarterback. Russell Wilson is one of the all-time greats, and I'm willing to call him already a Hall of Fame quarterback for what he does without any help around him. I'm going to take another short break. When I return, let's talk about Lonzo Ball. I've got some concerns about Lonzo Ball, but I'm not ready to give up on him yet. Here's why. I'm going to talk about Wisconsin. We'll talk about Ohio State. And we'll talk about the Los Angeles Rams. My name is Zach Schaumler. Please subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. I love what I do. I'm very passionate about it. It's my favorite thing in the world. I just had a blast writing the show today. So tell your friends, hey, there's a guy named Zach Schaumler. He's got an interesting podcast called Strong Opinion Sports. I like it. I listen. Tell your friends about the show. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'll be right back. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Yeah, you know, I'm going to listen back to this. I really hope I'm not talking too fast. I'm very curious to listen to this show and hear what it sounds like. Uh, Lonzo Ball just got his second triple-double of the NBA season. <laughs> oh, the media is so annoying. The media is incredibly annoying. One day, Lonzo Ball is an absolute bust, and the next day, it seems like Lonzo Ball is a second coming of Jesus Christ. It's ridiculous. But then he'll be back to a bust the very next day. Can we just relax about Lonzo Ball? How about Lonzo Ball is just a 19-year-old kid who hasn't developed? Uh, he's 20 years old. How about Lonzo Ball just needs time to develop? Lonzo Ball will be fine. He's younger than I am. We need to get Lonzo Ball in a weight room. He needs an offseason to fix his shot. But I'm not ready to give up on Lonzo Ball already. I can't believe people are ready to do that. It's getting ridiculous. It's getting absolutely absurd. Get him in the weight room. I still believe there's hope that Paul George will go to the Lakers. I think LeBron James will probably go to the Lakers. The only worry I have about Lonzo Ball is that he's not vocal enough. Which is it's, it's not a great concern to have. Is, is Lonzo Ball not an alpha male? That that concerns me. That's a problem. You don't want a manager who doesn't know how to have confrontive conversations. You don't want a passive, quiet manager. I've had one before. It sucks. It's the worst. I don't think... I, I, my fear is that maybe Lonzo Ball is like that. But even that is not as big a weakness as everyone's making out to be. Lonzo Ball is passive because of his dad. LeVar Ball is a big, aggressive guy that controls the spotlight. And in fact, hey, LeVar Ball, if you want to meet me, I would, I would kill to meet you. I think you're a great dude. I would love to have you on my podcast someday. That's an outlandish, ridiculous thing to say. But man, it would be a ton of fun. I would love to have you on. But a war general is not a passive guy. Braveheart, William Wallace, not a passive guy. Uh, Tom Brady's not passive. Tom Brady will call you out. And I don't know if that Lonzo Ball has that dog in him. It's concerning. It is. But it's not... The end of the world like everyone's making it out to be. LeBron James will go to the Lakers and be the alpha male of the Los Angeles Lakers. And Lonzo Ball will follow him. Lonzo Ball will follow LeBron James. And no one's thinking of that wrinkle. No one's thinking, hey, this could actually be a positive. LeBron, Lonzo's passive nature could actually help him when he works with LeBron James and Paul George. You don't want three alpha males on the same team. It doesn't work. Look at the Oklahoma City Thunder right now. They are butting heads. It's not working very well. They're trying to make it work, but currently it isn't working. No one's thinking of that wrinkle. Why did Kyrie and LeBron have problems? Because Kyrie got tired of being the sidekick. He wanted his own team. He wanted some more recognition. He wanted more of the spotlight. Lonzo Ball is not that guy. Not that guy at all. I know that's what his dad LeVar is, but LeVar Ball and Lonzo Ball are opposite people. They are very, very different. So actually... The passivity that Lonzo Ball has could even be a strength. It could actually help him down the road when he deals with aggressive alpha males like LeBron James and Paul George. 
Lonzo Ball doesn't care about the spotlight or care about being the center of attention. Clearly, Lonzo Ball just wants to win. LeBron James will go to the Lakers next offseason. I cannot wait. I'm all on board. I'm, I, I've chosen Lakers to be my favorite basketball team. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I love Lonzo Ball. Can't wait till LeBron James gets there. And man, go Lakers. <laughs> I don't care. I have no shame. Two teams are football frauds. Well, at least I don't believe in them. I, maybe fraud is too harsh of a word, but there are two teams, one in college, one in the NFL, that I'm not ready to say, I'm not ready to get married to these teams. I'm not ready to put my money on them. I don't believe in them. Wisconsin is 11-0. and 0. Wisconsin will be in the Big Ten Championship. However, Wisconsin will not beat Ohio State. I'm worried about Wisconsin. Here's why I don't believe in Wisconsin. I have a lot of reservations when it comes to Wisconsin. Wisconsin has not beat a prolific top offense yet once this season. Oh, oh, my bad. Actually, they did beat Michigan last week. Whoa. No. Michigan's quarterback is named O'Corn. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. The quarterback that played this week was named Peters. <laughs> yeah, Michigan has no offense. Everyone's ready to say, oh, Wisconsin's clearly a dominant top college football team. They beat Wisconsin. No. Wisconsin has no offense. I jumped the gun on Michigan. I thought they were great. Sorry, Michigan has no offense. I jumped the gun on Michigan. I thought they were better physically and could handle not having a great offense. Clearly, they couldn't. Their offense was such a hindrance. They had a lot of rough patches this year. Here are the 10 other teams Wisconsin has beat this year. They beat Utah State. They beat Florida Atlantic. <gasps> they beat BYU. Northwestern. Nebraska. Maryland. Illinois. 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 I don't really know how you say that. Indiana. And this week, Wisconsin's playing the tough, prolific offense of Minnesota. Come on, guys. I'm <laughs> shaking in my boots. I'm really worried that the Golden Gophers offense is going to give Michigan, Wisconsin a tough time. No. Wisconsin hasn't played anybody tough with a prolific offense. The best offense Wisconsin has played all year is Florida Atlantic, coached by Lane Kiffin. Guys, we have not seen Wisconsin be challenged once this entire season. They haven't beat anybody legitimate. Ohio State's going to go into the Big Ten Championship and rough up Wisconsin. Wisconsin's really going to struggle when they play Ohio State. And ultimately, Ohio State will beat Wisconsin and go to the college football playoff because Wisconsin hasn't played an offense yet once like Ohio State. And let's say, let's even, let's imagine Wisconsin somehow, let's say Ohio State has a terrible game, they just don't show up. And Ohio State loses to Wisconsin. And Wisconsin goes to the college football playoff. What are they going to do? They have no offense. That's not going to work in the college football playoff. I'm not buying Wisconsin. I don't believe in them. I don't think they're, I think they're completely overrated. It's a good story. I like them. I'm happy for the people of Madison, Wisconsin. But look, Wisconsin has not beat anybody legitimate all year. And if they somehow, with an act of God, squeak past Ohio State, they're not going to win a game in the college football playoff. And they're not going to be competitive in the college football playoff. Because even though they're big and dominant, they have great players. They don't have a good enough quarterback. They have, don't have a good enough defense. It's conditioned and played against good enough offenses. And Ohio and Wisconsin cannot compete on the national level as much as teams like Ohio State, Penn State, even Michigan, uh, despite their bad offense, I think would match up better with an SEC team than Wisconsin. You know, I'm not going to, I feel bad. I, I, I'm going to retract that. You can't say that because Wisconsin just beat Michigan pretty soundly. But man, 
Wisconsin's not good enough on defense or offense to win games in the college football playoff. The Rams. I talked about. I said there are two two teams that are frauds. Two teams I'm just not buying in football. Wisconsin. And the NFL team I really don't believe in is now the Rams. I, I love, I love, I love, I love what the Rams are doing down in Los Angeles. I love their coach, Sean McVay. I think it's so cool what Jared Goff is doing. Their defense is fantastic. The problem is the Rams have not won their four biggest games of the year. Every time the Rams play a tough, big opponent, they have not won. The Rams played earlier this year. They played the Seattle Seahawks and lost. They played the Redskins and lost. They played the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and they lost. And now the Los Angeles Rams have lost to the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, it's great. They blew out the Giants. They blew out the Texans with no Deshaun Watson. That's awesome. Congratulations. But Sunday, in the biggest game of the year against the Minnesota Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings beat the Rams 24-3. And the Rams only scored, sorry, 24 to 7. The Rams only scored 7 points in the biggest game of the year against the Minnesota Vikings. I love the Rams. I really do. But they're still a year away. They are a young, inexperienced team that needs to learn how to win tough, close, big, primetime games. It's an art form. It really is. Finding a cohesive unit that can win in big situations like that, that just takes time. It takes practice and repetitions. I love the Rams, but they are a year away from their big run. The run where they could possibly go to the Super Bowl and beat a guy like Carson Wentz or Russell Wilson. The Rams are still a year away from that. And look and listen to this. The Rams have a really, really tough schedule coming up. They play the Saints. They play the Eagles. They play the Seahawks. The 49ers played them tough. They'll play them later this year. The Titans are no slouch. Titans have a good quarterback, an average, a pretty good coach, an average coach, but... Titans won't be a walk-away win. Uh, They will not roll over. So the Rams are going to struggle. They're going to have some really tough games down the stretch. And so far this year, the four really tough games they've played, they have not delivered in any single one of them. They've played good. They've played close. They lost to the Redskins by seven. They barely lost to the Seahawks. But man, when it matters, the Rams can't seem to figure it out. They have a prolific offense. They have a great coach, a great quarterback. I really like what they're doing, and I like the future of the Los Angeles Rams. This year, though, too soon. We need to slow down on the LA Rams. They're just not ready yet. They need time to develop. Similar to Lonzo Ball, actually. The Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Lakers point guard, Lonzo Ball, they just need time. They're going to come. They're going to figure it out. I believe in both of them. I believe in the Rams. I believe in Lonzo Ball. But the theme of LA sports right now is just be patient and give it time. (laughs) In fact, UCLA should have been patient with Jim Mora. UCLA should have been patient. Los Angeles sports, I know you want to win right now. I know you want it all to happen right away. Just be patient. There's a great, wonderful foundation set up in Los Angeles sports right now. (laughs) The Dodgers are incredible. They just lost the World Series. They have a great team coming back. The Los Angeles Lakers have a great point guard and a good guy, Brandon Ingram. There's a good foundation in the Lakers, and there's a great foundation building in Los Angeles with the LA Rams. We just need to be patient as sports fans in Los Angeles. I'm not a sports fan in Los Angeles, but what I mean is sports fans of teams in Los Angeles just need to be patient. (laughs) That was a great show, man. I'm so excited. I hope I wasn't talking too fast. My goodness. On Wednesday, I've been promising 
for weeks to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. Should Jimmy Garoppolo play at all this season? I'm going to discuss that. I don't know that he should. It's going to be a really good argument, and I promise. In fact, if you listen to the show, you know. I do not waste your time talking about Colin Kaepernick. Everyone, there's a cycle. A quarterback gets injured and we, t- we talk about, oh, will Colin Kaepernick go there? And then he doesn't and we get disappointed. I haven't played that game. I don't like what the media is doing. I don't talk about that. But I do have something to say interesting about Colin Kaepernick. I will give you that on Wednesday. I will not waste your time. I do not want to waste your time with Colin Kaepernick. But on Wednesday, I have something very interesting to say about Colin Kaepernick. My name is Zach Schaumler. This has been Strong Opinion Sports for Monday, November 20th. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. I love doing this. It's my favorite thing in the world. I hope someday it turns into something. So subscribe to the show, Strong Opinion Sports, on iTunes, on SoundCloud. I'm putting it on Google Play this week. That'll be helpful for you Android users. And subscribe on on YouTube. I put these videos on YouTube. I break them out. I make interesting parts. And I love doing what I do. So tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Share this with your friends on Facebook, on Twitter, on Reddit. I don't care. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports vocally. Share it on the internet. I want this show to grow. We are growing. Not as fast as I would like, though. We've got a couple hundred uh, listeners. That's really cool. It's exciting. We just started in September, uh, late August, early September. I'm not sure. But tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. I feel like a salesman. I don't like that. I'm uncomfortable with that. Regardless, I'm passionate. I love what I do. Help me out. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much for listening. Have a great Thanksgiving. I'll be back on Wednesday. I will do a show on Friday. I promise. I will be doing a show on Black Friday. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports and have a great day, everybody. Woo! That was fantastic.